Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce. I'm so glad to be with you. Uh, I've been sharing some life experiences with you in the last couple of days and hope to continue on. I've been talking a little bit about, I just told you last time, a little bit about my mom, my mother, and uh, the life before she was a Christian and the life after. And I likened her to Paul because it was such a radical change in her life. She was like the the mad Saul that was killing all the Christians, and that's how she was. Then after her conversion, she was like the Paul of Paul. So there was a radical, radical change in my mother because all, and when, you know what? She said this one time that it was so beautiful because she was a simple person. Uh, she said, she said, you know what? When I learned that God loved me, that I was loved, and accepted by God, she said, it just absolutely transformed me. You know what? That is so true. That seems so simple. God loved me. Jesus loves us. But no, when we really know it in the depths of our being, it does transform us. Why would it transform her? Because she hated herself. She thought nobody could love me, love her. And we didn't. We didn't. We hardly liked her. We loved her, but we didn't like her too well. Well, but it, so, it totally transformed her to know that Jesus so accepted her, forgave her of all of her sins, and loved her. So that's so dear. Well, then she, she could receive the Holy Spirit and receive the love of Jesus in her to finally love others. Now, now she got turned around. Now she began to love herself. You can't love others until you do truly love yourself. And you can't really love yourself as long as you're living unto yourself and you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, the life of Christ within you, loving by you. So when you have His love poured out through you, of course you love yourself. The vessel is rightly used. And you see, and then you, you do love yourself and then you can start loving others. So my mom and I became best friends. We were like worst enemies. We fought like cats and dogs. And after her conversion, we became best friends. And I love the story as I told it last time and it's worth repeating because I thought after she was saved, she should apologize for me because I'm not even telling you one, tenth of really what happened but I mean there were a lot of things that happened that no sense telling all the details but I thought she should apologize to me which was really a form of self-righteousness like I had no part at all in it <laughs> and so like I said I was a classic victim I loved blaming her for all my insecurities and fears and and loved it and so I didn't have to take any responsibility didn't have to look at myself so uh, God backed me in right, right into a corner and said, mm, all those scars of insecurity and fears that you have, all that was designed by me. Those, those, are, those were designed by me and they were perfect for you. And of course that would wake anybody up, wow. 
I mean, most psychologists would not like to hear that, but that came straight from the Spirit. It healed me immediately, I want you to know. So I always think if we can reconcile our past and put it back into the perfect plan of God for our life, we'll, we, don't have to, we don't have to go to all this counseling that we're going to. And I know that some people are so far from doing that that they have to be brought into it. So I don't want to bash counseling. I know there's a place for it. There really is. But I'm saying we could cut a lot of it pretty short if we could know, if we could say by faith, and this is hard to do, that all my past was a part of God's design for me. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it dug, I, I had insecurities and fears and resentments and, you know, and which, which is all really a manifestation of sins, of the sin nature within us really is all that it is. And uh, that's true. But somehow God meant that because when I've been scarred and I've got, a, I always call my securities like holes in me. And it's like, if God fills up that hole with himself, then I'll know him and I'll be able to help other people and impart to other people the painful places that I've been through myself. And we're all like that. That's the value of, um, of broken bread. That's the value of bread that just comes out of the oven. I mean, you break it, it's, taste, it's so tasty, it's warm, it can feed other people. And that's exactly what we're meant to be. Our life is meant to be sacrificial for other people. You know, in the Old Testament, actually in Ezekiel, and I've got it right here, it's Ezekiel 22, 30 and 31. Let me read you this. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me and that I should not destroy it or destroy the land or destroy the people, you see, but I found none. Therefore, I had to, in other words, God is looking for, God wants to have mercy on us. He does not want to judge us. Now he is, he has to, he has to follow through with his word. If he promises that he will judge, he will. Well, he did. He put the judgment on Jesus Christ to carry. He bore our, he was our, he was the gap filler. He was the one that he poured all the condemnation and guilt and sins upon at the cross so that we will not, we would not, that he would not have to judge us because all of us deserve hell. None of us deserve to go to heaven. There's nobody, none good, no, not one. We all deserve hell. So we need an intercessor to stand in the, in the gap and fill up that gap between God and me because God will have to judge me if, the ju if I do not take the sacrifice of Christ, the atonement of Christ, who atoned for my sins and paid the price and stood in that gap between, you know, he is the bridge between God and me. And, uh, and the judgment was poured on him and he died. And through his resurrection, I made a new creation in Christ and in God. But if, if a person does not take Christ, you see, and does not take the provision provided, you see, then God has to judge. He has to. He promised he would. He doesn't want to. And he says in 31, therefore, I, because I could not find a man to stand in the gap, I have to pour out my indignation upon them. He says, I don't want to, but I have to. 
I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. See, we're really still a part of God's wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Really, we are our own demise. If we do not take this, the, 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 a, a sacrifice of Christ and the uh, atonement that he did at the cross, you see, then God, m m he must judge us. And actually, he, we're only receiving what our own way, what we've insisted on. We've insisted on not taking the provision. Nobody goes to hell for any other reason. You don't go to hell for your sins. You go to hell because you, you insist on refusing the provision provided through Christ and through his atonement. So, but God's looking for intercessors. And we see in Isaiah 53 that the intercessory chapter of Jesus at the cross, and it says in, in chapter 53 of Isaiah, it says, it says, he, he shall see the travail of his soul. This is God the Father shall see the travail of his son's soul, because he, he's an intercessor, and shall, and shall be satisfied. Can you believe that? He was satisfied with his son's torment. When, when sin was placed upon him at the cross, God was satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. You see, by him standing in the gap and paying the price for what I deserve, he, he, many that receive him, to those that do receive him, he declares that we are his sons of God. For we shall, he shall bear, there are our iniquities. Here's, he's the one that's going to bear our sins and our iniquities. So he's the sin bearer. And therefore will I divide his portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he, hath, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So God is looking for intercessors. Now, what is an intercessor? Now, a lot of uh, us hear a lot about intercessory prayer. And of course, prayer is uh, something that we can do universally. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I can be here in Louisville, Kentucky and hear about somebody in another state or another country or somewhere else out in the world, and I can pray for them and, that can, and, and, and I can intercede. Okay, I can pray for them. That's one form of intercession. And I have in the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But if we really want to know the depths of what intercession is, Jesus is our pattern. Jesus is our pattern. Now, only one man, the man Christ Jesus, could ever be the sin bearer because it took a, the perfect man to be able to do it. Jesus Christ was made sin who knew no sin, that we might be made his righteousness. So, you see, it took a sinless man, human being, uh, uh, to bear our sins. And that's what Jesus Christ did. So there is no other man in all of history that will ever come again. He did it once and for all. And by this one sacrifice, we're forever set free. Those that take him as Savior and Lord. And that he's our justifier, he's our sanctifier, and he will glorify us. Okay. 
So there's one, only one intercessor that is a sin bearer. But however, the Bible, but we are really a form of, we're the bodily form of Christ. Wow, that's pretty strong to say. I'm not saying that we're the head. There's only one head and that's Jesus. But we're the bodily form of the head. So we're one, we're joined to the head, you see. And it says that in Ephesians. Let me read that verse because that's a pretty strong thing to say. And people say, are you saying that you're God? You know, I have answered that question so many times. No, the human being is a vessel is not God, it's a created form, but we were created to contain and express the God of the universe. We fell from that through Adam and through Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, it's been regained and as we receive him, we receive that life in, in this created vessel. The created vessel never becomes the deity, the second person in the Trinity. However, the created vessel is called his body and a body and head are joined together as one. Okay, now, and I love this verse. This is a pretty strong verse. Let me read it. Um, it's, it's in Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 20. It says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come and hath put all things under his feet. Hallelujah. All satanic, any satanic rules been put under the feet of Jesus and gave him to be the head over the church, which is his body. And then it, then it, then it uh, magnifies, it amplifies exactly what the body is. Listen to this. I saw this not too long ago. This just thrills me to pieces. It, let me read this verse again. Verse 23 which is his body, the church, which is his body, head and body are joined together as one. And it says this, this is the amplification of the body. This is what it means to be the body. The body is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Do you realize that the church of Jesus Christ, the multi-membered body of Christ is the fullness of Christ? We always realize and we know that he is our fullness. I live from that. I know it says it in Colossians that I have the fullness of the Godhead bodily within. I know that. But this is saying that the body of Christ, the multi-membered body of Christ is the fullness of Christ himself. Wow. All right, now, now, now let's go into what it could mean that we, as the body, are now intercessors like Jesus. Because Jesus says, or Paul says this in, in the book of Hebrews, he's talking about Jesus having the same priesthood as Melchizedek, okay? Uh, which is, was a different order, not the same priest as Aaron. Aaron had his earthly uh, functions as a priest. Now, now Jesus is a priest after the order forever made a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we now are called kings and priests. You know that in, um, Peter says that he, he's called, we're called royal priest in the, uh, the little letter of Peter. And also in revelations, it says that we are kings and priests. Okay, I like it to divide that up because we know Melchizedek and I don't really want to go into that. I've got a whole 
teaching on who Melchizedek was. I, I love all these these obscure things in the scriptures. I love because I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me revelation and I love to share it. But kings and priests, okay, that's what his body is called. The multi-membered body of Christ is called kings and priests. If we think about a king, we know that he has dominion, he has royal rights, he has throne rights, He's able, he has dominion. He can do what he wants to do. He's the boss. Okay. All right. Well, it says in Galatians that uh, before we really know the fullness of who we are in Christ, we're like little children under, under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father, even though these little children are Lord of all. So the Bible says that we have the same authority that Jesus has in the heavenlies because we're seated with him far above principality and power. So that, that is our kingship. That's the order. That's the Melchizedek kingship order. Okay, but he was also a priest. Well, how are we a priest? Well, now that's our intercessory role. Now, uh, the priest, gosh, wow. They represented the people. Think about this. When Aaron took the blood in the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement, he represented all of the 12 tribes of Israel. He ever, ever represented all of God's people. One man represented all. And he, he uh, sprinkled the mercy seat with the blood with the blood sacrifice, which then the, the um, glory of God filled the whole Holy of Holies and, and, and actually then he was able to transmit the glory back to the people. So it was, uh, that was his, that was his, that's what he did. That was his function as a priest. Now we, of course, we, we're not after that order of Aaron. We're after the order of Melchizedek. It's an eternal order. And so we have eternal, uh, we're of a eternal priesthood order. So that's why there are certain verses in the Bible that people are just like stunned at. I just don't understand what the Bible is talking about when it says these obscure things. Like, for instance, like this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, it says, it says this. This is Paul talking to the Colossians, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you. So he's saying that everything I suffer, I'm not suffering for myself. I'm suffering for you. And fill up that which is behind of the sufferings of Christ for my flesh and for the body's sake, which is the church. Wow. So this is the role of an intercessor, of a priest. This is the priestly Role. He's saying that whatever, I rejoice. How, how can he rejoice? Because he, he's living from the life of Christ. He's living from another eternal realm. He's not living just from his flesh. If he was living from his flesh, he would be whining. He's not whining, he's rejoicing. And he's realizing that whatever he suffers, it's not for him, it's for others. All right, now this is the sacrificial life of Christ in his body. Now, like I said, the uh, 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 only one is the sin bearer, but we bear about in second Corinthians. I'm going to bring this out in second Corinthians. It says we bear about in our body. The body of Christ bears about in time. You see, Jesus 
is at the right hand of the Father in, in uh, eternity. But we're in time, and the Holy Spirit is in time, in us, and He groans within us for the full liberation of the, of the creation and the sons of God. So, so there's always this sense of agony within the creation, within the third person of the, of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. It says all this is in Romans 8 and also in us. There's this sense of agony. And even after I was totally liberated as a, as a knowing who my liberation in Christ, there's this sense of agony. I can't take it that my husband doesn't know, my children don't know, my family doesn't know, my friends don't know this truth. What good is it if I have all this and I'm here alone and nobody else knows this and I agonized within? That's really not even my burden. That's not even my agony. That's the agony of the Holy Spirit because He is agonizing within us to birth into being the fullness of the manifested sons of God on this earth, the glory of God, the final resurrection of the body, the gl final glorification of our body. That's what the whole creation agonizes over. The animals agonize over it. Actually, they do. The creation, why is the creation right now? Why are we having earthquakes? Why are we having tsunamis? Why are we having... Um, tornadoes and hurricanes and on and on and on and on. Why? It's because the whole earth is also agonizing. The whole earth, the, all the creation is agonizing. Even God, the third person of the Trinity, is groaning within us for the full liberation of the sons of God. And that's what's, what's coming. All right. Well, as we agonize until this is brought to full birth, until it's brought to full manifestation, you're going to fill up the gap for somebody else. You're going to stand in the gap. You see, as a, as a king, I can pray for anybody anywhere. And I'm really, in a sense, detached because I'm not walking personally through what they're walking through. Okay, but God will give you a personal place to walk through and it will be a place of sacrifice and it will be your choice. You know, God's going to take you as far as you go. If you, you will go. God will take you as far as you will go. This, this is what really the rewards are about that talks about in, in 1 Corinthians. It talks about the wood, stubble, and hay and precious stones. And you see, there are rewards to us Christians. But it's, it's voluntarily, voluntarily, because God wants to, He wants other people. God through you will want your husband. He will want your children. He will want the people around you. He will want your, your business you, he, uh, people. He will want your community. He finally wants the world. Finally, you become world-minded. And in our very ministry, Christ Our Life Ministries, yes, we have become world-minded. That's why we're on www.spiritbroadcasting and uh, the Liberating Secret, because we're world-minded. We want, we want, uh, it, it, it's the whole gospel to the whole man, to the whole world is really the quest that we have for the liberating secret. We can't help it because the, the, the agony and the desire within us is not even our desire. It's the desire of the Holy Spirit. So yes, we do bear about, we do sacrifice. We do go through things that, that uh, just being a, a, a carnal person, you wouldn't go through, you would run from. 
But God will put you in certain places at certain times and he will say, will you stand in the gap here? Will you take my place here? Not bear about their sins are already forgiven. Will you stand in the gap so that they know that their sins are forgiven? That's the point, you see. So, um, so in my own life, it, it came about that I knew, you know, I mean, my children. I, I'm a mother, so I'm thinking about my children. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what it's going to take for my children to know the truth of Christ being their life. Whatever it takes, whatever sacrifice I have to go through, whatever I have to give up. Now, I don't, you're, you're, we don't even know what we're saying when we say this and we offer this to God, but God holds us to it, you see. And so, he say, and, and so I said, but I don't want them just to sit in fellowships and in churches and just nod their head and agree with everything that's being said and not know the fullness of Christ living their, his, their lives for them and by them and through them, even in their hard places. I want them to know that fullness. I can't impart that to him, them, but I can stand in the gap and stand for them. Well, every one of my children have gone through severe things. Every one of them have. Things that most people, they just don't re recuperate back from or they don't come back from without bitterness, without resentment, with, without hatred and you know, and, vict and they're victimized. Every one of my children have come forth victorious knowing that Christ is their life. And anything that's ever happened to them, they bless whatever darkness and whatever place God has put them in. Now, I believed that. I believed that by faith and God brought it into being. And I let me tell you, when your children suffer, you suffer. So, I mean, we can, we can sit around and blame circumstances and blame relation, broken relationships and blame, you know, drug misuse of drugs. And we can blame it on all those things and not see the real heart that what God means us to walk through and means us to believe for and call into being what does not exist. And each one of my children, I was privileged to call into being what does not exist for them, and it does exist today because the Holy Spirit has brought that into manifested form, and I'm so thankful, and, 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 and I worship Him. I mean, I fall to my knees and worship my Lord for that. And so, you see, it wasn't just good enough that I had this. I wanted my family as well. And next time, I want to tell you the story about my husband, Scott and how I labored in faith to bring for him to come through to really know who he was. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website. The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.